there, chatters. I'm Nat. And I'm Kat, and welcome to the Crime Chat. I am your forensic femme fatale. Natalie is your true crime addict connoisseur. We're just two normal girls who obsess about dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally be unknown. And here's your disclaimer, chatters. The following Crime Chat contains adult content and descriptions of, I'm assuming, violent scenarios by the name of the title Mm -hmm. today. So your listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. And before we get into today's Crime Chat, Kat, what have you done? Where are you? Out of this world. (laughs) (laughs) I've got the galaxy and the Crime Chat has taken over the moon. (laughs) (laughs) The Yeah, I just decided to be a little... Uh, I guess, out of this world today. So I got the <laughs> pictures, a bunch of stars and stuff behind me. <laughs> Trying to be creative. Very cute. So I, um, it's really weird. Uh-huh. It's kind of one of those things that you, you've you watched a long time ago that you absolutely loved. And then when you watch it again, you're like, I don't remember any of this. Mm. So I've been binge watching True Blood. I was a huge True Blood fan. Same. Yeah, same. And I'm watching it. I was like, I don't remember this. I don't remember this. And there's a lot more supernatural than I even remember at all. Yeah. You know, and Chris is like, so when he started rewatching it with me, he's like, it's a lot of it's really far-fetched. And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's like a, you know, it's a sci-fi kind of thing. There's vampires. Vampires and werewolves (laughs) and werepanthers and shifters and (laughs) fairies. (laughs) All of the things. I'm at the part now, I think I'm in season five now, where Lilith, do you remember the vampire god Lilith? Yes. Vaguely. The first time she rose up and she was, she appeared to Eric and her quote unquote sister and she was like all naked in blood. She like rose up out of the floor. I gotta rewatch it. Where are you watching yeah. it? Yeah. Where is this? Uh, oh, it's on HBO. Well, on Max because okay. Max bought out HBO. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. So uh, with a lot of that, they don't know if they're going to do the Jon Snow spinoff from House, or from Game of Thrones, House of Dragon. Season two is also con- on like a little pause, but a lot of it also has to do with the strikes that are going on. So the future of HBO is like in the air. Apparently they were, do you remember on HBO they used to have a good like world, early, like World War One, World War Two series. There was one called Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. There was another one I think called The Pacific. So they were starting to do another one and Max bought out HBO. So, But it was like something like three or eight billion dollars to do this series. Right. It got bought out by Apple TV. Oh, okay. So that's going to come out on Apple now. And but it's like basically the same type of yeah. theme that they were having with the like the war era type of series. They better not yeah. fuck with House of Dragon. I don't know. I mean, it was such a hit that I can't I, it would surprise me that they would if they wouldn't do anything with it, you know? That's like them fucking around with Walking Dead. Yeah. You don't mess with these fans cuz we yeah. have been through enough, okay? <laughs> we will rise up. <laughs> we need a house of dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Question. How did you feel about the ending of Game of Thrones? Did we ever talk about that before? I think a long time ago, but we never really like dove into it. We really should do a crime chat on that and how Game of Thrones was basically murdered <laughs> at the end. I'm still feeling the burn. See, I liked the ending. Really? A lot of people didn't, and I was not apparently, you know, one of the common. I was one of the few. <laughs> so... When we were watching Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. Jason Sudeikis was, I can't remember, who was he talking to? He was talking to somebody, I don't know what the character, her character's name is Sassy, oh. but I don't know what like her real name is, but he was talking to her and they were kind of doing this like flirty banter back and forth. And he's like, well, you can put me back in time and tell JK Rowling's not to write Harry Potter. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> I wonder where that's coming from. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
Anyway, you've been watching anything or doing anything? I have a couple of things lined up. Are you familiar with the BET Plus Network? Yes. Okay, so they are coming out with some really good movies. Yeah? There's a movie called The Reading. Oh. Yeah, it's spooky, spooky good. And I love it because it's a brand new idea. The lead character is Monique. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I knew I'd seen like a, a preview or something for it before and I recognized, yeah, I had to look it up really quick. <laughs> yeah. It, cool. I'm going to give that a shot, but I think I have to subscribe to it. I think it is, but you might be able to do like one of those seven day trial things and then cancel. Mm. I've done that so many times. <laughs> Just because there's so many things. It's like that's how they, that's how these companies get their money now because people don't really have cable. There's some people obviously that still have cable where commercials mm. and ads were yeah. kind of paying for them. But now that everything is so streaming and I think the audiences also has different expectations of wanting something instantaneous. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you remember getting out the TV guide? Yeah. Going through and flipping and highlighting, oh I want to watch this, I want to watch this and I literally because you had to wait till that certain date and time. Like that's yeah. the only time it was airing plus commercials. Right. You know. <laughs> Like, nowadays, it's so instantaneous. Right. And my aunt used to collect the TV guides. Oh, God, yes. There was a movie I've only collected. I would say collected. I've only saved one. And it was Candace Cameron, Bure, now Bure, and Fred Savage. And I can't remember the name of it now. But it was like something silence, like she's keeper silent or something like that. And it was a thriller. And it was about like high school domestic violence. Oh, okay. And it was such a good movie. And he ended up killing her. I have to look it up really quick. Candace... Cameron, Fred, Savage. No one would tell. Oh, okay. Because people saw it. Like, people saw the signs and everything for it. And this was, like, 30 years ago. This was, like, movie came out, like, 30 years ago. And we're still, you know, I guess kind of thinking and analyzing. We're still facing the same shit today where people like see the signs and see the flags but they don't want to get involved but we're going to talk about that in the next episode yay (laughs) (laughs) so in this episode we you asked me to talk about selfies yes speaking of coming of age and technology and Mm -hmm. instantaneous Mm -hmm. so where in the hell did the beginning of the selfie start you ready oh i can't wait okay well a selfie is a photograph that one has taken of oneself today selfies are taking with usually a smartphone or like a webcam and they're shared by posting on social media it's nearly impossible to scroll through any social social media platform without seeing a selfie right because they're posted all the time we'll get into the stats here in a minute the difference between a selfie and a photo is that at most someone taking a selfie would kind of touch up their hair strike a pose like do something that pout look you know that was very popular duck lips <laughs> duck lips yeah with a photo the photographer uses the image to depict kind of how they're feeling that's more of like the artsy form mm-hmm. typically they use a subject or a model so just kind of what some of the differences between that methods of taking a selfie include taking a picture at arm's length higher higher <laughs> right you want you need the right angle because you don't want to get the double chin right <laughs> and uh, taking a picture using one's reflection in a mirror. We see that all the time too, where they have the camera on the side and they're looking in the mirror, but they're like, I'm looking down or am I looking at the camera? Like you have to, you have to kind of figure that out. You got to love their, the phone is right in front of their face and all you see is their body. <laughs> yes. Come on. 
<laughs> so typically people use selfies to show their interests, hobbies, personalities that they share and then they sh- well and then they share it and that helps them build a sel- sense of self and then help connect with like-minded individuals. Sometimes they are taken to capture a moment while other times it's used to document their lives. This was huge. This was came out at COVID, right? Everybody was locked down. Everybody was doing documentation of, of their lives and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Some people started a podcast. <laughs> So in 2019, Google reported that at least 93 million selfies are taken every year. And you may enjoy it, find it weird, but regardless, the selfie is an essential part of social media nowadays. Uh But did you know when the first selfie was ever taken? Uh -uh. 1839, girl. What? 200 years ago. (laughs) So 30-year-old American Robert Cornelius took a daguerreotype, see, I had to spell it out, daguerreotype, daguerreotype of himself in 1839 in the front yard of his family's Philadelphia gaslighting business. A daguerreotype is an image created basically as the first publicly available photographic process. It was the very first time that they were able to create a photographic process and he took it of himself in front of his family's business. So a daguerreotype, basically you use polished sheet of silver plated copper, you treat that with fumes and it that makes it the surface light sensitive it's exposed by daylight in the sun so sometimes back in the day like they would have to wait until a certain time of day to take it if they needed more exposure based on the sun uh-huh. and they would expose it depending on you know anywhere from a few seconds to maybe longer if they needed more exposure to light it they would rinse the sheet dry it place it in a glass the to like a glass enclosure to then protect it this process was invented by louis Degari two years prior but the first selfie was taken in 1839 so Cornelius's selfie was one of the very first photographs known of a person. Wow. Isn't that cool? That is cool. Almost 200 years ago. Look at this. Now, the term selfie was added to the Oxford Dictionary in 2013. It likely came from an Australian like Australian slang used to describe a self-portrait. Australians have a tendency to end their words with I-E or with E. Like barbecue is on the bobby. A firefighter is a fiery. Oh, I didn't know that. A can of beer is a tinny. Like a tin can. Mm-hmm. It's a tinny. <laughs> right, Jay, mate, what you get me a tinny? I love Australia. <laughs> Oh, me too. The term also became so popular that the band The Chainsmokers made a song called Hashtag Selfie. <laughs> now, someone who takes maybe one too many selfies, and we all know people out there like that, mm-hmm. this person as is known as a selfitis. <laughs> <laughs> someone with an obsessive compulsive desire to take photos of oneself uh-huh. and post them on social media. Uh-huh. With this, there are some downsides noted of taking too many selfies. One, it can become an addiction. Mm-hmm. It can make someone posting selfies think this is a way to measure their self-worth. Two, it can hurt relationships. Research has shown that posting too many selfies makes people like the poster less. Oh. And then three, it can hurt potential job opportunities. Posting too many selfies can make a potential employer question hiring somebody or even cause the poster to lose their job. Really? Now, I'm not saying that's part of like equal opportunity, you know, or anything, but maybe it depends on what the job is, mm-hmm. I guess. And then four, it can create an impression of narcissism. Uh. Sometimes 
times these selfie takers are thought to be full of themselves, when in fact they likely have low self-esteem. According to one study, men who post a lot of selfies may be narcissistic, but this is not true for women. Either way, a person posting selfies, a person posting selfies because they want to be liked is likely hurting their chances of actually being liked. Uh. Now, here are some keys I found regarding the selfie, and this is as of this year, so it's very current. 92 million selfies are taken every day, so 4% of all the photos taken daily are 2.3 billion. 4% of those are selfies, 92 million. I could see that. I mean, they have an amazing camera on every phone. I know. Yeah. And they get better and better. Right. Over 50% of millennials have published a selfie at least once. Over 95% of young adults have taken a selfie. Meanwhile, only 9% of the boomers have taken a selfie. (laughs) But their flip phone. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Millennials will take 25,700 selfies total in their lifetime. One person. Over 25,000. Oof. Individuals spend 54 hours a year or seven minutes a day taking selfies. People smile in about 60% of the selfies. An average selfie taker is about 24 years old. Women take one and a half times more selfies than men. However, men taking selfies usually are older than women and then three times more likely to die while taking selfies. What? Why? June 21st is National Selfie Day. Oh, boy. The Eiffel Tower is the most popular destination in the world for selfies. And my last fact is at least 70% of adults are familiar with the word selfie. Mm. But the last thing I wanted to talk about were, it's, I found an article and it said 10 of the most stunning selfies that made history. I don't think they're all selfies based on the definition, Mm -hmm. but they are kind of iconic regardless. Right. So the first one is Van Gogh's self-portrait of himself from 1889. Right. The the second one, George Harrison taking a selfie in front of the Taj Mahal in 1966. Like, remember those like push cameras and maybe it was a disposable camera. I don't know. But like you had to put the film in and the long, they were long and had the flash on one end. Right. The third one is American painter Chuck Close painted what is called the Big Self-Portrait from 1967 to 1968. Mexican painter Frida Kahlo had a self-portrait with wearing a thorn necklace and a hummingbird from 1940. Denmark's Prime Minister Holly Thorning Schmidt had a selfie with Obama and David Cameron in 2013. So it was a, somebody took a picture of them taking a selfie of themselves. <laughs> That's cute. Number six, Spanish painter Diego Velasquez has a painting called Las Meninas, which means ladies in waiting, from 1656. That's one of them that I don't necessarily think is like a selfie, but it's it's a beautiful painting. Barbara Kinney had a, a photographer of a mass selfie at Hillary, a Hillary Clinton campaign. So Hillary's up there and during her campaign, all of these people are turned around with their fan, their cameras trying to take a selfie with Hillary Clinton in the background. Uh-huh. And so somebody took a picture of like this mass group of people taking selfies with Hillary in the background. It was kind of, it's kind of a neat picture. This one, there was a scuba diver. Her name is Cynthia Oleske Bismarck. She took a selfie with, I couldn't count how many moon jellyfish in when she was scuba diving so she had like a gopro or underwater camera took a selfie with all of these moon jellyfish now they're deadly and this is also known as the world's most most dangerous selfie i couldn't find a date but some of the articles that i found on it were like maybe 2016 ish Uh but that was crazy because like i mean and you think of jellyfish like you think of squishy (laughs) right you think of a friendly jellyfish you don't think of like 
their tentacles could kill you. <laughs> but she was surrounded by him. It was crazy. Uh, number nine is June Calypso's uh, picture of herself called The Honeymoon Suite in 2016. I didn't know who June Calypso was, but apparently she photographs herself and that's like her business. She photographs herself in a bunch of different places in couples only motels where she's by herself, abandoned bunkers and heart-shaped tubs. She's pretty much naked in all of them, oh. but she's got like long hair and like her hair covers the, the breasts and everything. But this one that she took, it's the honeymoon suite. It's in one of those big jacuzzis that are in like a honeymoon suite. So it's got the bubbles and stuff all around it. And she's just mm. basically all you see is her and bubbles. So oh, apparently okay. she's pretty popular and she's made a business out of it. And the last one, number 10, Sexy Man Benedict Cumberbatch mm. was the U2, the band U2 was taking a group picture. Somebody was taking in like a selfie group picture and then Benedict Cumberbatch in 2014 photobombed him in the back like it was a, it was at like an award ceremony or something mm. like that so those are kind of like some iconic selfies yeah that are done I don't, like I said some of them I don't think necessarily are selfies like the older paintings but they're beautiful nonetheless yes and we gotta collect all of these and put them on the site because now I yes. need to see all of these yeah absolutely we'll put them on there okay I've taken selfies have you taken selfies <laughs> Yes. Of course. Yeah, and you know I what? mean, I'm not I'm not a millennial. I'm a Gen Xer. Me too. But I mean, it's like in that in between we grew up without tech without the convenience of technology, but we've mm. come accustomed to it. Yes. We know what it's like to be without it, yeah. but we created it. So, yeah. So, today's crime chat is going to be about uh Amanda Taylor. Ever heard of her? Maybe. She is the selfie killer. Oh, okay. I kind of tripped over it. I'm like, how the hell did I not know this? Yeah. It happened quite recently. There wasn't a lot of information on her background for some reason. Mm-hmm. I gathered as much information as possible. I watched every documentary on her. Yeah. It only got me to like ninth grade. Oh, okay. As far back. Yeah. But there's a lot about the crime. Ooh. Amanda Taylor was in love with her husband, Rex Taylor. Mm-hmm. They met in ninth grade. The two teens quickly became smitten with each other and inseparable. And they got married directly out of school at the age of 19. And then the couple ended up having two kids, a girl and a boy. Okay. The couple had a fascination with horror movies, serial <laughs> killers, and all things true crime. <laughs> That's one of the things that, that brought them together. Chatter, stop judging me. <laughs> You're going to notice that, like, okay, it's good to have a liking for true crime. There's nothing wrong with it. There is absolutely yeah. nothing. If anything, there is studies that show that people who are into true crime have a larger IQ. So Yeah, just because you're learning a lot more about the psychological effects and there's much more to it. There's so many different layers. Right. Motive, opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And the hottest man in the world is John Douglas for us. I mean, come on. <laughs> But this couple, they would actually correspond with famous incarcerated killers, such as the Night Stalker, Richard oh, Ramirez. Richard Ramirez, yeah. And also Paul Runge, killer rapist that mm-hmm. is serving life in prison. And Rex actually changed his Facebook profile name to Rex Runge. Oh, jeez. So he's an American serial killer who sexually assaulted and murdered at least six women and one girl between 1995 and 1997 in Cook and DuPage counties, Illinois. Initially sentenced to death, his sentence was commuted by Governor Pat Quinn in 2011 when capital punishment was abolished in the state of Illinois. Ah. Interesting. Their obsession is a little unhealthy at this point. (laughs) They're idolizing like the killer, Mm -hmm. fantasizing about both her and Rex becoming serial killers. Like this was her dream. They bonded over the joy for her love for serial killers and anything gore and macabre. Mm -hmm. But for Amanda, this wasn't just an interest. She was 
just completely obsessed with the idea mm. of becoming a serial killer. Mm. If you're a chatter, you probably watch serial killer documentaries like Cat and I. Mm-hmm. Does this mean you like murder, blood, and gore? No. But you still wonder what makes people do really bad stuff. And also, who are these people that bring them to justice? Which mm-hmm. I love. Like, that's mm-hmm. why John Douglas is, like, our number one. Yeah. Okay, side note here. I did like Dexter. Mm-hmm. Dexter's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. she was idolizing real people on a very mm. disturbing level. So mm-hmm. in 2014, they separated and Rex moved in with his dad. Unfortunately, this would be a very bad move for Rex. Rex was struggling with depression and opioid addiction. And while staying with his father, he decided to hang himself oh. at his dad's house. Okay. Amanda blamed Rex's dad, Harley Taylor, that's his name, for his death and for all of the, you know, his addiction mm. to opioids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Claiming that he enabled Rex's addiction to pills and even buying them for him. So yeah, Charlie's not a saint here. Charlie's not a good guy right. here. So he was saying that he enabled him essentially for it. Yeah, and I think that she went into like saying like he was feeding Rex pills when he was a kid. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, okay. so he was a bad dad. She was admitted after this for like a 72-hour hold for her mental health, mm-hmm. but she checked herself out within a couple of hours. Okay. So she was devastated. In Amanda's eyes, it was solely Charlie's fault that Rex took his own life. Mm -hmm. She thought because Charlie was constantly there giving him pills, I guess maybe Charlie was a drug dealer. Mm -hmm. She felt that this is the reason why Rex is dead today. And as you can imagine, this led to Amanda feeling pretty angry towards Charlie. Right. Not long after, Amanda did find love again, or something like it. (laughs) This new beau's name was Sean Ball. Okay. Sean wanted to do anything he could do to impress his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And he knew that Amanda was into serial killers. So Sean claimed to be a killer. And Amanda (laughs) fell in love. He claimed that he was in the Navy. He claimed to be involved in combat killing. So I don't know if you're familiar, but like in Florida, we have an issue with this where people fantasize about being in the military. (laughs) Yeah, you'll have a lot of people lying about it. Oh, boy. A lot of people. That's a crime. Well, wearing a uniform and impersonating is a crime saying that you had a history of it was who, who did that we did a story uh michael peterson where he said he got shot in vietnam but he actually it was like a car accident or something yeah he was in the military though but yeah there's a lot of michael petersons out there not saying that they didn't serve in the military at one point but they're still kind of in that role in that headspace like i have friends that have dated somebody and do something stupid like oh i had to go dark oh. guy's 62 years old oh like, lord <laughs> dude you uh, g- g- come on now i mean oh. paranoia is it can be a, an issue. I've seen that several, several, yeah. uh, for many years that there's a lot of people that have paranoia. So this whole thing that he was painting for her, this fueled her desire to go on a killing spree. Even though he was lying. She didn't know he was lying. Okay. Yeah. She thought he was like, you know, the man, he could kill yeah. somebody and he's seen blood and all this stuff. Oh Lord. So Amanda, with her pure hatred for Charlie Taylor, and remember she blamed him for ruining her happiness basically. Right. Amanda and Sean decided to plan her revenge a crime that will send chills to your core. Mm. Amanda and Sean had stole a couple of weapons from a neighbor, purchased ammunition and magazines. Both were in agreement. If this was going to occur, it was going to start with the murder of Charlie Taylor. They were going to go on a spree. They were going to start with Charlie Taylor. Okay. Mm -hmm. April 4th, 2015, Amanda and Sean drove over to Charlie Taylor's home in Virginia. They entered the house and they didn't immediately start beating him up. I guess he thought they were just visiting. So he just, you know, 
know, small talk mm-hmm. or whatever. But during this conversation, Charlie did mention his son, mm-hmm. which enraged Amanda. She just whips out a bayonet <laughs> and she stabbed him 31 times. Oh, wow. But he wasn't dead yet. I was going to say, sounds like he was suffering. Yeah, he was suffering. He was struggling. He was fighting her back. Yeah. And then Sean steps in, whips out a like tire iron and starts hitting him on, on the head, which eventually led to the fatal blow. So, I mean, if they brought all these firearms, they chose, I mean, a bayonet is a rifle with a knife at the end of it, but only using the knife part and then using mm. a tire iron. Like, why bring the guns? for Just in case? <laughs> I think because in Amanda's head, she, this was the beginning of her killing spree. Okay. This was just the first kill. Yeah. Now, after Amanda and Sean completed their task of this brutal murder of Charlie Taylor, they snapped a selfie. Mm. In the selfie, you see Amanda smiling, still dripping in Charlie's blood, holding the bayonet. The photo shows Charlie, his lifeless body slumped over his couch. His shirt is soaked with his blood. And she posted this to Instagram. The Instagram profile, brunette underscore bomber, that was the name of her her profile, profile. displayed the pictures with the caption, everything I did was for the right reasons. I stabbed my father-in-law to death because he destroyed my husband with drugs and depression. I wasn't the perfect wife, but this was one last good thing I could do for Rex. Her Facebook status changed too. Mm-hmm. And she put, I proudly did this for Rex. I love my children, but Charlie killed my Rex. Oh. Yeah. And Amanda didn't stop with just posting the selfie to her Instagram. No. Remember, Amanda has this dream fantasy of becoming a spree killer. Mm-hmm. And she also wanted to be known. She was a narcissist. Like, she wanted mm-hmm. to just be like, hey, look what I'm doing. Look, look all this cool stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, even by the description, she's literally confessing to it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're going to love the next part, though. Okay. Amanda idolized a true crime blogger. Okay. And she ended up sending, well, the true crime blogger, we don't have her identity. She did not want it listed with the case. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find it, so I have no idea. Okay. There are interviews with her voice. Okay. She starts sending these pictures to the blogger, asking the blogger, hey, can you post this on your blog? You know, this mm-hmm. is what's going on right now. And the blogger is like, what the f- Fuck. Like, that's mm-hmm. crazy. She refused mm-hmm. to do it, but Amanda wasn't just like sending her pictures. Like, Amanda was in the middle of stabbing Charlie while she was sending pictures. Oh, she was sending her like action photos. Yeah. Like, in the midst of everything. Hey, post this. Hey, post this. Like, yeah. Like, chronological storytelling yeah. of a photograph. Those photos we don't have. Well, yeah, I, I imagine they probably were taken into like evidence. Yeah, so the blogger reached out to the authorities immediately. Mm-hmm. Amanda and Sean fled and they started to head to North Carolina, girl. Mm-hmm. In the car, Amanda decides to take a photo of the revolver sitting in her lap and posting it on her Instagram as well with the caption, All right, it's about time I'm going to find my husband in hell and finally be at peace. Hmm. By this post, you would think that Amanda is hinting at suicide. Seems like it, yeah. Okay, I got my revenge. Now I can go and be Mm -hmm. at peace with my husband. Mm -hmm. However, this is not the case, actually. What she meant was it's time for her to begin her murderous spree. Mm -hmm. Amanda and Sean spent the night at a motel in Tennessee. The next day, Amanda decided that it was time for her to hunt her next victims. Okay. Sean, however, was not sure he was fully prepared to become a serial killer. Mm -hmm. And he started to say, hey, I thought we were just going to kill Charlie and then go on the run. Like, I'm okay with living off the grid, but I'm not okay with being a serial killer. Yeah. 
I think also he was okay with murdering Charlie because in his mind, he was helping the one woman he loves enact her revenge. Right, right, right. Now, Amanda decides to pull over in the rest area by the Blue Ridge Parkway. Mm -hmm. Do you know where that is? Yeah, so the the Blue Ridge Mountain Range, you know, how it goes from like South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, kind of like all the way up. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the highways that essentially goes in and out some of the tunnels that go through the... We talked about the Blue Ridge Mountains last or the last episode. Yes, I'm going to visit there. You should. She spotted two young girls and she decided that they were going to be her next victims. Mm-hmm. Her plan was to bring the two girls over to her car asking for help and then that's when she needed Sean to shoot them and steal their money. Mm-hmm. Sean puts his foot down and he refuses to. He's like, I'm not going to shoot these girls. I'm done. I don't want to kill any more people. Right. This sends Amanda into a rage. Mm. Now, Sean is her enemy. Mm. Guess whose life is in danger? Yeah, I was going to say, as quick as she turns, it won't surprise me. Watch out, Sean. Mm -hmm. Sean had already told Amanda that he didn't want to kill anybody else, so she knew. I think she was just trying to push the envelope to see if he really meant it. And he did. He meant it. Yeah. Amanda took the revolver, looked at him, and said, uh, I want you to know before you die that I used you for your guns and your car. And I hope you die. Mm. And then she pulled the trigger. Shit. Shot him in the oh face. Lord. Leaving him on the side of the road to die. Like by the rest stop area? Blue Ridge Parkway rest okay. stop. Okay. Before she took off, she thought he was dead. And she took a selfie mm-hmm. of her second victim, which was Sean. Ugh. So now Amanda is on her own murder spree. She decides she needs to reach back out to the true crime blogger, taking the phone calls. But every time Amanda hung up, she would call the police like, she's here now. She's there now. Unknowingly to Amanda, the authorities were already on her trail and had been tracking her from the gas Mm -hmm. station surveillance cameras. Mm -hmm. And the information related to them that was coming in through the true crime blogger, Mm -hmm. the blogger insisted that she pull over, stated like, Amanda, you have to stop. Like, just pull over and... And speak to the the officers. Put the yeah. gun down. Amanda wanted to go out in a blaze of glory, confessing <laughs> like to the blogger, stating that she wanted to shoot up the police. She wanted to go down like an epic true killer style ending. Oh, However, the blogger she was able to talk her down. Okay, she was able to get Amanda to put down the gun, and she did this all. And she this is all recorded, by the way. Oh, good. I was gonna actually ask if if her conversations were recorded. Yeah, bloggers like listen, you, you won't be able to go. home home or see your kids again if you you gotta stop right now right amanda is immediately arrested and taken in in her mugshot she is smiling and loving it okay because she is Uh, a total self-centered freaking vain narcissist yeah i hate this part okay also a little tidbit amanda confessed that she reached out to isis to join the terrorist group and she probably got a lot of that inspiration from sean's quote-unquote stories that he was telling her about killing people in combat yeah in the interrogation like she was really proud of this like she's like but they never called me back she also waves her right to be silent and she starts telling them everything well yeah she would she's a narcissist yeah Yeah. she stated that she walked into charlie's house at exactly 327 apparently this number has a level of significance for her and rex because it's their birthdays They, they they were born on the same day oh okay she's like that's our birthday we 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 have the same birthday and we always celebrated the number three, two, seven. Mm-hmm. In the interrogation, Amanda is very straightforward and kind of proud of it. Mm-hmm. Amanda also thinks that she left Sean for dead at the mm-hmm. side of the road. Mm-hmm. She even describes his face in the photo she took, stating that I shot his eye out. There was brain everywhere. Remember, she shot him in the face, mm-hmm. but Sean didn't die. Holy shit. Yeah. 
Sean was shot in the face, but it passed his jaw, mm-hmm. and then the bullet left his body. Okay. This caused him to pass out and a lot of blood loss and yeah. be in an immense amount of pain. But he would make a full recovery with no permanent damage, which wow. is pretty amazing. Wow. Amanda confesses and even requests the death penalty during the interrogation. Case closed. Done, mm-hmm. right? No. Oh, there's more. Yeah, of course there's more. Because she eventually changed her mind and pleads not guilty. I didn't do it. I don't know. We you're talking oh about gosh. during the trial one of the investigators stated that this did not shock him because she wanted attention and now that she had the spotlight to tell the story all these people listening to her it's exactly what she wanted and, but then didn't want to face the consequences for it right yeah the jury heard everything recordings confessions saw the evidence it took them 30 minutes to arrive at their verdict it was first degree murder for charlie good November 2015, Amanda was sentenced to life in prison. That's actually really quick, too. So it happened in April. Mm-hmm. So, so seven months. Bye, bitch. Yeah. yeah. The judge actually stated during her sentencing, Amanda is evil personified. Yeah. If it wasn't for the anonymous true crime blogger, Amanda could have killed more people. Mm-hmm. She Remember, she's coming from a place where she was idolizing these horrible people, and she wanted the same level of validation mm-hmm. that she was giving to somebody like Richard Ramirez, yeah. and she wanted somebody to talk about her story. Yeah. She was a sick, delusional, disturbed human being. Yeah. However, unlike Amanda, Sean did show remorse for Mm -hmm. what he did for the murder of Charlie Taylor. He accepted a plea deal for a second degree murder and was sentenced to 60 years in prison. Mm -hmm. He did apologize to his family and he did. He he expressed remorse. He's like, you know, he was a love-stricken fool. Like, he was Mm -hmm. an idiot. Yeah. Amanda would go on and give some interviews. I think we probably could have had her on this show. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) She loves giving interviews. When I was doing the research, this girl was just there. She's like, yeah, I'll talk about it. Yeah, I'll do this. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll tell you everything. Mm -hmm. You know what? No, we will not give you an (laughs) ounce of attention. You're exactly where you belong because she truly is obsessed with attention. It's almost like she's bragging in all of the interviews. And I'll put down one interview Mm -hmm. that I got because this girl has zero remorse for what she did. Mm -hmm. So, and that's my story. (laughs) (laughs) How did she react when she found out Sean was still alive? She was like, what do you mean he's still alive? I shot his eye out. Totally unfazed with everything. I'll post a couple of interviews. She's just very proud of what she did. Oh, he survived? Oh, that's crazy. I thought I killed him. Totally disconnected. She wished that she could have killed more people. Yeah. She did make a fatal error in in trying to increase her popularity with the blogger, the Mm -hmm. true crime blogger. And, you know... Like you said, that it might she could have gone and killed a lot more people yeah. had she not made contact with the blogger. So she, she I think she was tr- probably trying to get greedy too yeah. in trying to spread her popularity, thinking, oh, this person who's a true crime blogger, she knows me, she understands me, she's, you know, we're the same. She will, you know, so I, that was probably part of the reason right. why she used her, but it was also a an, a big oopsie. Yeah. And I really appreciate the true crime blogger for staying anonymous. Yeah, that'd take a lot. I think that's a class act right there. Yeah. She's not going to give this girl any level of notoriety whatsoever. She doesn't deserve it. Right. She doesn't deserve to be on a show. Right. All right. Well, because we don't leave you hanging chatters, for more information on this case, please check out After That Crime Chat, only available on Patreon. Yes, chatters. Don't forget to follow us, Crime Chat with Nat and Cat, on all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. See what we got going on. 
Remember, Crime Chat with Nat and Kat, when you become a chatter to our Patreon, you'll have access to bonus episodes, behind the scenes, bloopers, free merch, and check out some merch in the works, not to mention we do giveaways. Yeah, so be sure to check out our next episode. We're going to go back in time, but we're going to go back. We've been in my neck of the woods. We're going back to your neck of the woods. Yeah, you don't want to miss it. We'll see you next time, chatters. Bye. Bye.